So boring. Okay, I'm going to start right now. Oh, yeah. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! This is Asinine Radio. This is the weekly music podcast. This is the podcast where we uh, get into our fearless beer review. We get into the vinyl pickups. That leads into our songs of the week. And we finish it out with some new music and other happenings in the music world. My name is Tyler. Way out there, hundreds of miles away. Way out there in the ether is Jeff. Go to Apple Podcasts. Go uh, rate, review, and subscribe to us on there. Uh, Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. And um, that's all I got for the intro. So, Jeff, let's just get into the fearless beer review. What do you got? Go. I got. Uh, I'm bringing the stouts back. It's been a while since I've had stouts. I've been. I've been. It's been hot out here in in hell, in uh, the mm-hmm. Phoenix area. So I've been drinking a lot yeah. of um, a lot of water for one, and just a lot of like water beer, Bud Light, Coors Light, Miller Lights, Corona Lights, Heineken Lights, Light Lights. <laughs> okay. So, all right, Bubba. Uh, <laughs> and today I got. Dude, I got like syrup stuff in my throat and it's hard to to swallow it because my throat's parched what, but I, what do you mean you have syrup stuff i don't know what i was drinking earlier or eating earlier or something but like i don't know i don't know how to explain that this, this brewery is called abita abita i've heard of them oh yeah, yeah. they're from louisiana so it makes sense <laughs> um i really have heard of them i'm I, sure you I have. think i've had their beers yeah i'm sure you have they're, you know this one right here is a popular one it has two thousand check-ins which is an enormous amount so i'm sure you've heard of them um okay. it's a okay. chocolate okay. cake stout it's it's uh dobosh so dobosh is like a new orleans or louisiana cake okay Some never had it have you type had of it layered cake no i don't i don't i like cake once a year and I would never, ever order cake out like at a restaurant or in public situations <laughs> because I, I don't like it that much. Hell no. Fuck no. Fair, fair. But I like cake tasting stuff, like treats. Mm-hmm. So this is supposed to be pretty good. And, um, you know, it's got like a four, a solid four out of all the check-ins on Untapped. So bad. that's good. I didn't, mm-hmm. under, I didn't know how to like search it on Beer Advocate. So I don't know if our boy Raul comment on this <laughs> even though i, I, check, I tried check, check real quick yeah if you want to check while i stretch this out a little bit that's wait, fine. wait what's it what's the beer called again abita is the brewery and then what's the beer called do dobage so d-o-b-e-r-g-e doberage doberge 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 yeah chocolate cake style it's uh brew with cacao nibs and vanilla obvi and uh, it's eight percent i haven't had a Plus six percent beer in like months. Okay, it's not bad. Yeah, so it's I'm been sure, a while. I'm sure you're gonna get pretty pretty toasty. I mean, it'll, it so, should take me a while to finish this because it looks pretty thick. 
Is it in a 16 ounce or what? It's just a normal 12, 12 ounce bottle. Friend of the pod Sloan posted that uh, on his untapped, he took a picture and said it's a perfect after dinner drink. <laughs> and he posted it at like one o'clock in the afternoon. So I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking idiot. <laughs> So, yeah. so I looked it up. Uh, Raul did not leave a review for that. So just throwing that one out there. There's only six reviews on Beer Advocate. So yeah, he did, he didn't review it for you, unfortunately. I haven't I haven't had this before. Um, I am a little worried because it is also some people are saying that it's a little bit milky, and mm. sometimes I don't like I like a little teeny tiny bit of milk in there, but when it's too milky, because I think milk yeah. is really disgusting. Then it tastes like milk, and then it's like really watery and thin, and that is nasty. <laughs> and you have the weirdest fucking taste, I swear. I haven't had a glass of milk, like just plain milk, not even chocolate, just plain milk, I don't think in 20 years. You're so fucking out of your mind. Maybe longer. You're crazy. You're crazy. I haven't had a glass of chocolate milk. I mean, mind you, I do it maybe once a year. The only time I ever have milk is in my cereal. What? But even then, I don't have cereal that often. You I used just, to be obsessed with chocolate milk. You used to oh, drink it all the time. Yeah, that was that was when I got fired for drinking it. That was like fucking 10, <laughs> 12 years ago. That was when Wait, when did you get fired for drinking it? That was when I worked at TGI Fridays at the block. That was before <laughs> Dave and Buster. Yeah, that was over. That was like 12 years ago. <laughs> oh my God, you're such an idiot. I, was, I, I also remember we used to go get donuts, and every time we get donuts, you get chocolate milk with it. Oh, you got Every it. time. You got to. Every time. But now I get coffee. Fucking grown, pretend grown man right here. Nah. Oh, shit. Milk's gross. It's fucking fired. nasty. <laughs> you, you never heard the story that I got fired for chocolate I, 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 I do remember this. Yes, I do remember this. I, I, was, I was even ringing him in. So, like, at Fridays, if you ordered, like, a kid's chocolate milk, it was, it was like, two bucks or $1.99. And then if you wanted a refill just for the kids, it was free. And so all you had to do was just press the kid refill chocolate milk button and then like the bartender would make it. I could have just walked behind the bar like everybody else does and just pour mm. my own. But then like their, their, their counts are off, you know, so like they're missing a bunch of milk and they don't know where it is. I thought I was doing them a favor by ringing it in so at least they can account for it and they can, <laughs> you know, order accordingly. But I guess that was a big no-no. Next time, I'll just steal it. So, word to the wise, everybody. <laughs> yeah, that that is that is a good lesson to pass along to everybody else. It's true, though. You should <laughs> like when I mean, you work in the restaurant industry, especially when people order like sides of ranches and barbecues and stuff like that. Those yeah. are never rang in, so the kitchen manager doesn't know how much ranch to order because he's going through so much ranch, but he doesn't know where it's going or why he's going through so much of it. If everybody rings it in. You don't have to charge for it. You can just ring it in, and that means it's mm-hmm. being accounted for. So the kitchen manager knows exactly how much to order because a lot of times they'll order too much because they don't know how much, or they'll order too little, and then there's no ranch. So you should always be ringing things in. It's a good point. It's a very good point. But most people just and steal just... shit. And I was trying to do the right thing, and it fucking got... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. After all the shit at Anita's, too, with everybody that worked there, all the shit that was stolen not stolen it was stolen a lot I of mean, the free we, food a lot we, of the we, free food it was that's stolen though and we didn't ring that in <laughs> but to be fair like that uh, place was a fucking free-for-all not yeah, just with like pr- product but with our paychecks too 
Like yeah, I had to fucking like keep that. track of like entirely of my hours to make sure that they're paying me correctly because there were multiple times when they did not. <laughs> that place was a joke, but it was really fun. It made a lot of money for doing really nothing. Yeah, everybody I know who worked there was the same. That's all I got. Okay, I'm born. That's right all now. you got. So I got uh, I got something from local liquor store. Uh, it's kind of a local beer from L.A. from Boyle Heights, more specifically. Uh, it's from Indie Brewing Company. Kind of a boring name for a brewery, but whatever. <laughs> Um, this one is called Dank Coast Rotating Hop Series. I uh, don't know, really know what it means. It says drink with your buds. It says <laughs> super stoked, brah. Um, it's a Dude, West Coast IPA. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of stupid. It's 7%. I got a 16 ounce of it. 16 ounce can. So I'm just I'm just ready to drink it right now. Are you ready to, to tank? I got mine poured. I'm ready to tank. Ready to go. Me too. Me too. Here we go. Okay. Ooh, okay. Oh. Uh, what do you think of your stout? What do you think? What do you, what do you got? I don't know. Go, go ahead. I, I, I don't know yet. I don't know yet. <laughs> okay, so mine is, uh, I, it, mine didn't smell very good. So I was very kind of iffy about it. But that is a really good IPA, a really good West Coast IPA. It's not overly hoppy. It ha- it's, it's citrusy. It's full bodied. It doesn't leave a bad aftertaste. This is a pretty good, pretty, pretty good IPA. Wow, I'm, I'm pretty impressed. It, it, it pours very light um, for an IPA and good amount of head and some good bubbles in there. So, yeah, this, this is pretty solid. So we have a three-point rating system where three is a perfect beer. Two is a good beer you're going to continue to drink. One is a bad beer, but you should give it a shot. And zero is a drain pour. And with that in mind, I'm going to have to give this one a solid 2.5. 2.5. It's good. Damn. Very good stuff. Okay. So what do you okay. got on your stout? So it smells <laughs> like milk and that's disgusting, but okay. there's, there's a little bit of, there's a little bit of milk taste in there. It's mostly just like a thicker cake taste, chocolatey, very rich chocolate and a little bit of vanilla and it's good. It's not as thick as I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. It's still pretty thick, very dark, um, but it's pretty good. I I dig this. We have a we have a six pack of this, so there's already three gone now. So there's three left, and I'll, I'll get down. I'll get down. Okay, good. Kind of weird that you're drinking like you were saying earlier, drinking a stout when it's 110 degrees out in Arizona. It's kind of gross. I mean, there's nothing better. Like I'm, all, I was out there earlier cleaning the pool, and it was like 112, and I had just made a fresh cup of coffee, so it was hot as fuck. And then it was hot as fuck out there, so it was nice. Hot no, coffee, it's not on a hot nice. day. That's mm. <laughs> so fucking gross. It's funny because because Nick, he went to um, California to visit like my mom and then Renee's mom, and mm. whatever the temperature was out there this past weekend. He said that he should have brought a jacket because it was like freezing out there. <laughs> oh my god! It was like eighty-five degrees. <laughs> he said it was cold. He said he got cold. <laughs> wow! Yeah, it was eighty-five degrees this weekend. I guess that's where we're at yeah. now. There, there are times now, like if I leave my car in the sun, I can get in it. I'm pretty fine for a while. Like I don't like scramble <laughs> to put the AC on or anything. I'm, I'm, I'm good baking in there for a while until I get uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean the last. Two times I was out there with you, it it got pretty, it was like 95, almost 100, and we were just driving around with the windows down. It's like, dude, 
<laughs> it was a beautiful day outside. <laughs> it was fucking hot. That's what it was. Driving down the freeway going like 75, 80 with the windows down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so It's so loud that you can't even hear the music because the fucking wind is so loud. Just enjoying the breeze, baby. <laughs> oh, this fucking guy over here. But I'm, so what, I'm, what do you I'm give, gonna give this? I'm going to give it a solid two. A solid, solid two. two. I'll, I'll have it okay. again. Nothing here is wowing me. I mean, it's checking all of the boxes for things that I like. The milk smell is a little strong before I shove it down my gullet. So that's a little gross. <laughs> but other than that, I mean, this is, you know, this is, uh, this is a good step. It's a good step. Okay. Yes. Glad, glad you're going to enjoy yourself. Yeah, PGS, pretty good step. Pretty good step. What do you got for your backies? Um, I actually just went grocery shopping and I bought a third because if you buy two or more, then they're only... Nineteen ninety nine. So I bought a thirty pack of Bud Light, a thirty pack of Coors Light, and a thirty pack of Miller Light. Why? Because they're fucking nineteen dollars each. Just buy three uh, three thirties of uh, Coors. That's all you need. I like the variety. I like to pretend that I'm drinking different beers when I douse them with lime, and they taste the same anyway. Because <laughs> all you taste is lime. Yeah. <laughs> and then I bought nice juicy limes. <laughs> Nasty. I got uh, I got some Heinies and I got some regular Heinies and uh, some Budweiser, some buddies over here. Those are my backies. Dang, you got your buddies and their Heinies. Buddies and Heinies, yep. It's all you need in life. All buddies you need in life. Buddies and Heinies. <laughs> That's funny. That that brewery name that, that you had, Indie Brewery, mm-hmm. it's so cheesy because like, if you just type in people that don't know a lot about craft or beer or whatever... I feel like typing in indie brewery, if you don't know the word craft, would mm-hmm. be a good way to try and find like a craft brewery. You would type in indie brewery into ah, Google, true. right? Yeah. That's good marketing. That's really good marketing. It's fucking so cheesy. And like some of the, the words you were using, like buds and rad or whatever, like, oh God, <laughs> I don't know. I think I hate and that bra. brewery. And just, I, I don't like the word brah. Typed like out? It. Like B-R-U-H? Yeah, B-R-U-H with an exclamation point. I don't yeah. like it. Yeah, typed out is 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 pretty bad. I do say bruh, like if when the kids use something really stupid, because <laughs> they respond to bruh. Yeah, yeah. Let's go bruh, bruh. Come on, <laughs> I'm I'm not there yet. I'm just not there yet. Bruh. Oh, because you did bring up grocery shopping, and you are I know you are interested in these chips. Have you tried the new uh, extra extra hot Doritos, flaming hot yeah, Doritos? Yeah, I actually posted them in our group, our our studs chat. No, you and, didn't. Yeah, I did. It's fine though. Did you really? Oh. Yeah, it's not a big deal. It's I posted in there, and then we got <laughs> a topic and started talking about like flaming hot Cheetos and the flaming hot itself taste is different than like the spicy hot taste. No, we did not. When yeah. was this? It was. It was. It was when the chips first dropped. It was like a month ago. What? Yeah, it's all right. We did really talked about it. I, I don't know. I, like when I say we, it was me and at least Mike in there. Yeah. Shit, I don't remember that. It's all right. You um, wow. you only care about stupid stuff, and that wasn't <laughs> stupid stuff, so you didn't care about it. Oh man, I feel I feel stupid. Egg on my face. Jesus. Christ. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, I as I'm sitting here, I'm just gonna scroll through our group our group media, <laughs> right? That's shared, and then I'm gonna find, find it. it. Yeah, and then um, okay. Egg your face well, up more. while you're while you're doing that. And also to distract you, let's get right into our, our vinyl pickups, and uh, that leads into our songs of the week. So, what do you got? What did you pick up this week? What did you listen to this week? Uh, go. It was uh, it was on June sixth, 
Ah, okay. So okay. almost a month ago. Yeah, so, month ago. like yeah, almost exactly a month ago. I, I was I was trying to scroll real quick to go find it, and I scrolled, 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 and then I was on like June twenty fourth. <laughs> <laughs> we text so much in that group chat. There's a lot, so I'll, I'll find it later. But yeah, it was on June sixth. Um, it was definitely there. I tried them. I don't. I don't. Maybe the batch that I had wasn't a good batch, but I don't think they're as spicy mm-hmm. as, as the normal ones. Really? Oh wow! I, I don't think they're I that spicy. I choked on them. Really? Yeah, I don't know what it. I don't know why. Maybe it was just I was in. It was in my head that they were going to be spicier. So like subconsciously, I choked like a little bitch. Because but, like like flaming mm. hot Cheetos, that specific type of the quote unquote flaming hot taste is mm-hmm. different than if you just have like a spicy something. There's like something to true, the flaming true. hot. Like there's some ingredient in there that makes it taste unique to flaming hot, whatever it is. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So it's I not just throwing like a pepper on it. Right. It's not yeah, they're not just upgrading the pepper. They're they're adding something else to it to make it flaming hot or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. But they're okay. Good stuff, I'm gonna stay I'm gonna stick to the I'm gonna stick to the norms. The norms because I think they're spicier, the I think they taste better, and they're more robust. And you still haven't tried like the hot fries. Or anything else? What are hot fries? The flaming hot fries. I think you, you really know these, didn't you? They're they're like a, they're in a yellow bag, and like a clear and yellow bag, and they're like they look like like uh, they look like French fries, but like dried out French fries. But they're just covered in the flaming hot dust. Those are those are next to the Doritos. Those are my favorite. Mm, okay. Yeah, I I really like that, and it's like a really weird texture. It doesn't taste like any other chip or any kind of Cheeto. It's very unique. It's a very unique texture to to itself. But I, I dig those ones a lot. Are, is it is it like a name brand thing? Yeah, no, it's it's made by by the Flamin' Hot brand. Oh, yeah, it's it, and you can you you can find them at any grocery store, any gas station. They're always there, but they don't look like the other. They don't look like the Doritos or the the Cheetos. They're like, it's weird. It it's packaged way differently. Yeah, because we the buy like we buy potato. Potatoes. I think they call them like potato strings, but they're basically just—they look like In and Out fries, but like the crispy In and Out. That's what fries. these look like. That's what these look like. Yeah. So we buy the Kroger brand. So they're probably the same exact thing. It's just the one you're talking about has dust on it. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that, okay. I'm that's excited. good. Yeah, just try it. Just buy buy a little bag from the the gas station or something. We're we're going grocery shopping tomorrow, and we're pretty low on on snacks and stuff. So this is probably gonna be like a five hundred dollar trip. Oh Jesus Christ. Well, you have a big. I mean, there's five people living in that in that house. Yeah, that's 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 totally normal with alcohol. Sometimes, but I think the highest we've done is like yeah. almost 700. Yeah, and, and when you throw in not just the beer but also the liquor, that adds up a lot too. But yeah, I just sent you a link to what they look like. But I think they're pretty good. Oh, those. Uh, yeah, you, have you you have you had them? No, but I I've I've seen them and and I've seen a lot of people throw like hot sauce in them and then shake them up like they do oh yeah 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 and that's nasty shit i, I don't know if I I people eat them with enough. nacho cheese too i don't know if i'm brave enough you weren't brave enough to have the doritos just buy a small bag you, you, they even funny. sell them like in, in like the the they even sell them in the small little bags in the in the variety packs the big I, variety packs you can buy from the store i will try them those. only because i had never had toasties until you said they were good and then True. i never had flaming hot doritos because I was always a spicy nacho guy, but you said they were good, so I ate them and I love them. I've, like going back to spicy nachos is just like eating plain, 
like chips. Like there's nothing. I might as well just eat nacho cheese. Like they're fucking useless. Well, when was the last time you went to the nacho cheese? Well, Kaylee likes them, so I have to buy a bag oh, okay. of nacho cheese because she's like, that one's spicy. And like, how do you even know? See, it's got fire on it. And now she can read, <laughs> of course, because she's a dumb little <laughs> seven-year-old, so they can read kind of. Uh, so whatever. I'll, tr- I'll try them. I'll try them. No, what's it going to hurt? It's like two bucks for a bag. I'm, I'm sure Sloan will eat the rest of them if I don't like them anyway. Or Renee, I'm sure. Dumpster, whatever. Garbage disposal. <laughs> All right, you ready for this? <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. What do you got? All right, so first thing, first things first. Well, of course. <laughs> Goes without saying. That's another stupid one. First things first. It is. It is. It really is. And it, <laughs> when, I, when, I, when I was doing the EMT thing, there was a song, because we used to always listen to the radio, and there's an Imagine Dragon song. Oh, and God. literally, the, the first verse is, he, said, he starts the first verse with first things first, and then he starts the second verse with second things second. <laughs> and my friend and my friend Phil and I would just we would just get so irritated and but we would just listen to it just to irritate ourselves just because we knew it was going to irritate. Yeah, he's those are the lyrics and that's I don't I can't remember the name of the song, but that's good it's times. fucking terrible. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, continue. Uh, first one I will talk about is <laughs> <laughs> is is the comp that you got me the portable shrines that. Um, that double LP, I think you got it from Glass House. Portable like psychedelic. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I think it was like yeah. five bucks or something like that. Yeah, it was cheap. Yeah, so it's it's called Portable Shrines Magic Sound Theater, Volume One. And okay. This is a comp that came out for Record Store Day 2011. It's a comp of bands from and around the Pacific Northwest, focusing hmm. on psychedelic rock, experimental rock. And just overall, like, garage rock. And, like it says, two LPs, and it's just, like, it's really good. And most okay. most of the songs are really, really damn good. Some of them are pretty weak, but overall, it's it's a really good comp. And and I don't know why you didn't keep it, but for five bucks, man, this is a good introduction to, like, the Pacific Northwest psychedelic scene. The only reason, well, I mean, I got it because I the cover looked cool, and I thought, okay, you're more into the site. This is at the time because I got that for you a long time ago. Yeah, it was so, a while and, ago. And when I got it, I I knew you were more into that, so I kind of okay. got it just knowing it was for for you. Otherwise, like if I would have bought that in the last couple of weeks, I would have kept it for sure. Would have kept it. Okay. Well, if you ever see another one, or if I see one, I'll pick it up. You pick it up because it's really good. And okay. it's just it's just like another comp. It's another. I've never heard of any of these bands either. And some of these band names are fucking weird, like just for the sake of being weird. But it's put out by this by this thing called the the Portable Shrines Collective, and it's just a bunch mm-hmm. of like minded musicians from Seattle who put out music, who like cross promote, who do like session work for each other, and they even hold shows and events in the area. And they put out like a record for Record Store Day, which I thought was super weird. Yeah, that that does seem weird for such a small thing. Why they would release one for record store day? It's odd, but it's 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 really good. So so check it out if you ever right. see it again. Buy right. it. Um, another thing I got I I don't particularly like this album, but I got Dylan and the Dead, the the Bob Dylan Grateful Dead album, the live album, nineteen eighty nine. This was this was taken from a bunch of shows, but the bulk of it was recorded at the Angel Stadium in Anaheim. 
you know, home in the mm-hmm. 2002 world champion Anaheim Angels. And I don't, I've heard this before and I didn't, I don't really like it. I only, I'm only keeping this for now because it was free and it just, mm-hmm. it was in a lot. And so just to fill out my already expansive Grateful Dead collection and I don't know, like everything about this is great except for the music. Like, <laughs> like the thought of it is cool. The way they, they were at, like in the, it, some of the best stuff from the Grateful Dead has come from the late eighties. Like some of their best live stuff is from the late eighties mm-hmm. and Bob Dylan in the eighties, give or take whatever. He was already a seasoned musician. What I, what I don't oh, yeah. like about this mostly is because it's, it's a Bob Dylan album that just kind of featured the Grateful Dead. They were never allowed to breathe. They like, if it wasn't called Dylan and the dead, it would just, it would, you would never know it's the grateful dead. And it's just, it's fucking lame. It's, it's really not very, it good. does sound really bad. <laughs> it sounds it is, terrible. Man, it is, it is so disappointing. And it's, it's very, it's, it's very surprising how bad this is. Yeah. <laughs> this is probably, this is probably the only thing in my, in my dead collection that I will, I will purge when I need more room. I don't need the room right now. So my next my next big sweep, which is probably before our record show, I'm gonna go through, and this is this is this is a big possibility. It's on the mm. chopping block. It is that bad. <laughs> you should just get rid of it. Just just take it out now. I, I probably will. I probably will. I really like the cover. You know the cover is really cool though. It's nice. I've never it's seen the nice. cover. It's nice. Yeah. Um. Uh, here we go. Another thing. We're gonna keep it Grateful Dead themed, of okay. course. I got this thing called Old and in the Way. This is um this is a bluegrass album by Jerry Garcia and his side Jerry. project. Jerry Garcia and his side his side piece project. It was recorded in 73, released in 75, and if you like bluegrass like in any way shape or form, like you got to listen to this. This is unbelievable stuff. It is for a long time, it was the best-selling bluegrass album like ever until "Oh Brother, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou?" That soundtrack oh, okay. finally beat it. But for a long time, this was the best, and it's so fucking good. He plays the banjo on this, and mm-hmm. dude, he fucking slays. He started off <laughs> playing the banjo. I think that was his first instrument was the banjo before he met Bob Weir and the Grateful Dead and everything. I think he started playing the banjo and then moved to guitar. But he is so good at the banjo. It is unbelievable. And this is just straight jug band bluegrass. It is it is amazing. Interesting. Okay. I'm interested in this. It's their, it's their first album. It's called Midnight Moonlight. And it's unbelievable. He does sing, but it's not... Like, there's no time. He, he really has no time. There's no, there's time. no time to sing. <laughs> he's, 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 he's going crazy the whole time. There's no time. Okay. It's good. Check it out. I've been looking for this one for a while too, because it's just—I I don't think it's very expensive. I think you could probably, if I did see it in the wild, because I'm discounting you by twenty-five, thirty bucks. It's not that much, mm. but I've just—I've just never—I've never seen it. And then I bought that Grateful Dead lot from some random guy over in Phoenix area, and it was in here, and I was super stoked. And that's where I got a lot of—that's where I filled out a lot of my missing, expensive Grateful Dead stuff. Fucking lucked out, man. You really did luck out. This guy had like I think it was twenty five Grateful Dead albums. And so I took five that I didn't have 
and then that was mm-hmm. Dylan and the Dead, this one, a bunch of other ones. And then I took like another eight and replaced the ones that I currently had because either they were better condition or they were just like an earlier, better pressing of it. Okay. So I kind of like traded up. That makes sense. And then the and rest. Just purge, just purge the rest. Yeah, the rest is, is, I mean, those are easy $20, $30 sells each, so. For a rat, baby. It is what it is. First things first. <laughs> first things first. Bobby and the Midnights. This is another mm-hmm. Grateful Dead side project. This is Bob Jesus Weir. Christ. Bob Weir from the Grateful Dead. This is his first album from 81 that he did. Um, and it's, they only really did stuff in the, in, in like the early to mid 80s. It's mostly just another jam band, but this time they're focusing more on the jazz fusion side. They got Ugh. Billy Cobham to play drums. Ooh, and okay. Like he's a fantastic drummer, as you know. Amazing but, drummer, yeah. But honestly, like he's he's best when he's doing jazz fusion type stuff. Outside of that, eh, he's okay. He's fine. Like as like a, a jam band thing or what? Yeah. Well, th- I, I've really only heard him do jazz fusion type things. Yeah. I've heard a couple things that he's done with random people, and I think he's fine. But I think he excels at jazz fusion. In in that realm, in that world, yeah. But then jazz fusion is also to me, it's a genre that's very. There's a very fine line between good and bad, or not. I don't want to say fine line. It just no, it's I like a fine very line. little. There's definitely I like a very fine little, line. very little jazz fusion. Like Mahavishnu, I think is the best of all time. I mean, Herbie Hancock is really good, but then sometimes he goes into into the the style of jazz fusion that I just I. It's so I just don't like it at all it's 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 one of those genres that there really is a fine line and once you cross that line it's not it's either like really good or it's really bad there's no like yeah, middle ground yeah. and True. okay yeah Maybe when you start right. when you start playing around with with being half-assed then it's really bad and it, like jazz fusion is just it's dumb it really is dumb but <laughs> but it can be really really good like you said my vision is really really good Irby hancock when he's with the headhunters, really good stuff. Mm-hmm. But this one's this one's pretty good. It's it's not the best thing I ever heard, but there's I think half of the songs I think are really really good, and the other half I think are fucking eighties loud synth driven drivel. Oh god! So it's it's hard to get through the bad, but there is some good there, and it was really cheap. And when I bought it at Nichols, he was like, oh, man, I can't believe like somebody finally bought this. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> I can't believe somebody bought this finally. <laughs> His voice. And then, I don't know. I, I, I think Bob Weir is, the more the more I listen to the dead, the more I understand what's going on, the more I, I can pick up. Bob Weir is for sure the underrated member of the dead. Where Jerry Garcia. Jerry. Jerry Garcia got a lot of recognition, but that wasn't until like later on in the eighties when like the late eighties when they've perfected their jam craft and whatever. But like yeah. Bob Weir's rhythm guitar playing, if you just watch him play, just look at his fucking fingers, he's playing like just one chord. Like let's say say a C, because we'll talk about a basic C later on in the episode. He just he'll play a C, but he'll play it like seven different ways while Jerry Jerry is noodling, and and rather than just hit that that C, you know that power chord C just over, mm-hmm. he's hitting like octaves. He's like, 
I don't know what the correct terminology is, but he's modulating the chords to make it sound a little bit different. He's also soloing just based on his cordage. Okay. And I think those little like nuances, and that's just that, that that's just what I've started listening to Bob Weir. And every time I listen to the Grateful Dead, I pick a, I, I focus on another member and then try and like dive into that member and see what they bring to the band. Yeah. And it's just I, I think he's amazing. I think he's so damn good. I think the Grateful Dead is fucking absolutely amazing. Yeah, I mean, I know you love him, but I just don't get it sometimes. You'll if you 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 gotta dive in. You gotta dive in. You don't dive in. You're only scratching the surface. You're not gonna get it. It's not gonna happen. But there's a, there's a lot to dive into. That's the thing too. The only reason why why I'm even like able to do this and fortunate enough is because I got some of these albums for free. Yeah, that's true. That's true too. I think I've only paid for like two Grateful Dead albums, and I have like in their side projects like like twenty five of them. <laughs> so that's nice. Um, John Lee Hooker. What else you got? John Lee okay. Hooker. John Lee this Hooker. Is moving away from Grateful Dead. Nice. Moving away from Grateful Dead. John Lee Hooker sings the blues. This is a 1961 album. This is the one that in mint condition goes for like 350. Oh yeah, you told me that. My copy's pretty beat. Like the jacket's got some wa- water damage, so it's a little warped, and the disc is scuffed in some areas that cause like popping. But mm-hmm. I mean, I'm gonna keep it because it's it's a great album and it's old, and you know. It's, I could probably still get maybe like forty bucks for it, fifty bucks. That's wild <laughs> for but, like a beat up copy. I know, I know. I don't know why this one's this one's so pricey, but it's just it's good blues, man. It's very good blues. It's got then like John Lee Hooker is just one of those you know one of those guys that has been in the blues scene for so long. He's been covered by so many different bands, and he's just so iconic. Yeah. So I I, I got to keep it and and. He's a really interesting guy. Um, I don't know, but what, what I did, what I did, really realize is how much George Thurgood sounds like John Lee Hooker. How much he took from John Lee Hooker. Mm. They have like essentially the same exact guitar playing style, and I love George Thurgood, and I love John. See, I don't Lee Hooker. have a, I don't have enough. I think I only have one Thurgood record, maybe two. No, I only have one, so I, I can't really say. It's just that, like that, that, that rolling style, that ding, 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 ding. But even that, that oh, was okay, not I George Thorogood. That was like ZZ Top. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that, that type of like guitar, that more blues-driven twang. Yeah. But it's like a, it's like a boogie blues, and that's that's like that's like John Lee Hooker's style is like a boogie influence, and then what he does a lot is he changes tempo constantly, just to match the story of the lyrics that he's spitting out. And it's super weird because he's heavily, he he's very lyric focused, so it yeah. means he wrote like a lot of lyrics. But he was illiterate. Like I don't know if he was literate his whole life, what? but for the majority of his life, he was illiterate. And he still, I, I don't know, he fucking the dude was illiterate and wrote better lyrics than like I could ever write. So that's that's <laughs> a little irritating. But it's kind of like know. um, never mind. I'm not gonna say it. Who Mark Hoppus? You don't like Mark Hoppus? Why are you saying that? No, I no, I, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. I was thinking of something else. But never mind. No, continue. I'm not going to say it. Maybe well, after was, the pod. Maybe after the pod, I'll. I'll, I'll well, now you got to edit this out because then everyone's going to mention die. her name. Mention her name. Well, you're going to edit this out anyways, I, so you might as well just say it. Who? Somebody writes bad lyrics. No, I was going to say somebody who does who shouldn't be able to do something, but they were able to do it. And I was thinking Helen Keller. 
the big oh, one. Well, that's fucking bullshit, though. That's not, that's not, a, that's not a real story. Like, <laughs> she's like Santa Claus, or like the Easter Bunny. Like, it's just, <laughs> just, just there to make kids feel better about their. There's no way. I don't know too much about her life, but there's no fucking way you can be born deaf, dumb, and blind and learn anything. There's just no way. Not possible. You're like a bug at that point. Uh, it's like teaching a worm like a how to like now. fish or something. I don't know. It's not possible. <laughs> one interesting thing. One interesting thing. Actually, I read a lot of interesting things about John Lee Hooker. But something that I thought that was really cool is because because in like the '50s, black musicians were paid so shitty. What he used to do was he because that, that, that's when he first started recording a lot. He used to go from record label to record label, and then record a slightly different version of his song under a mm-hmm. different name. Just for an upfront fee, and then that's how he made a bunch of money. Or that's not a bunch of money, what? but that's why that's how he made a lot of money in the fifties. Was he? He just he called himself like John Lee Hooker or like Johnny Hooker or like John B. Just he had like forty different names that he would use and go from record <laughs> label to record label, and they give him a little bit of cash, and he essentially just write the same fucking song, just a little bit different. What the fuck? That's so cool. That's so, that's weird and crazy, but that's cool. Cool dude. Sounds like it. So check him out, everybody. Um, check him out. What else you got? I don't know what else I got here. Uh, oh, one more thing, and then then that's it. Because I okay. it, was, it was quickie. Uh, I picked up License to Ill. Oh, finally. It was fourteen bucks. What? Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I know it was where it was at I've never seen it below thirty. I've never it was seen at it below Nichols. thirty. It was fucking used in pristine condition. It what? was a one eighty gram repress. Fucking it had the original insert. It still had like some what? of the shrink on it. Fourteen dollars. It was thirteen ninety nine. And he gave me a dollar off, so it was thirteen dollars. What the fuck? And of course like Why didn't like, you just buy it for me? <laughs> like like Sloan was looking through it and passed it up and I noticed, I was like, oh, damn, I, 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 that's probably like a $25 record. Okay, let me see how much it is. And I asked him, I was like, what, you don't want this loan? He's like, no, nah, I don't know what it is. I'm like, oh, okay, all right. Of course, I played it. He knows all the songs and loves it. But yeah, dude, it was $14. It's dead wow. quiet. There's no scuffs, no scratches, not even like the inner paper sleeve type scuffs. There's nothing. Yeah. Holy shit. You lucked yeah, out. I know. I, I cannot. That's the second time like Nichols has, has thrown... Like the vinyl gods have have given me something from Nichols for a phenomenal <laughs> price. Oh my god, yeah. that's the only that's the only Beastie Boys record I need. You have, do you have I have everything. No, I, I I only need License to Ill, and then there's two other records that I don't right. have, but I don't want Ill Communication. I mean, oh, I was thinking Ill Communication. Oh, okay. never mind. Never mind. Oh, I was thinking Ill Communication. Yeah, license, yeah. Well, you should still be excited because 14 bucks for License to 14, Ill. Yeah, no, it's true. But I mean, I've also seen License to Ill for like 20, 25. I mean, that's, that's, what, I was, that's what I was thinking because during Black Friday, I didn't pull the trigger on License to Ill with shipping and everything. It was still $17. <laughs> and that was, that was from You Discovering Music or whatever. And it was fifteen ninety nine or something. It was a couple dollars shipping. So it was like $17 or $18. Yeah. And I'd always regretted not buying it because that's a good deal. And like, it's a good album. It's it's not their best, but it's a good fun album. It's fun to hear like where they started out. It's fun to hear how much they progressed from license Hill on. And there's still yeah. some good jams. So. Yeah, there's, yeah. Would you pick it I up? Would you, if you would you pick it up for fourteen dollars though? I'd pick it up for fourteen. Yeah, I would. Yeah, it's it's worth fourteen. But no, I mean twenty paying twenty bucks or more for it. I just I don't care. 
Because well, I, I don't I would never really go back to it. Well, during Black Friday it was seventeen. I couldn't pull the trigger on it because I was like, yeah, I don't know if it's worth seventeen. <laughs> but f- but fourteen plus a dollar discount, thirteen bucks. Yeah, damn. that that's that's a good deal. But ill, I was thinking ill communication. I don't know what was wrong with me. But yeah, that's I, what I was thinking. I, that's I, I I do have ill communication, but I got that one for free. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I never see below thirty. I've never ever seen it below thirty. I in any capacity. Always expensive. I think like so. I have I have I have license to ill ill communication. Paul's nasty. You have check your yed. Oh yeah, check your yed, and then you have the uh, punk one, right? Yeah, I forgot that bullshit. Yeah. So 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 you don't have to the five boroughs for all of them though. I've paid probably because bullshit was most expensive, and that was thirty. Because check your yed on Black Friday was like twenty bucks. So I probably yeah. paid like $60 or less for all of them. That's not bad. Yeah. Not bad at all. That's pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Okay. <sighs> well, that leads me to my pick of the week. My pick yeah. of the week is by, this is a record that you got me. Do you know who this guy was or just, was this a random pickup for you? This is a ra- this is random. It was a cheap hip hop vinyl and that's kind of our thing. Like if we see it for cheap and we're there, we'll just pick it, pick it up. So I got one for myself and I got one for you. I just gave this one to you. So, so this is, yeah, this, this, this is by a guy named T. LaRock. And it's from his album, Lyrical King, uh, from 1987, his first album. And it's kind of interesting because he, I, didn't, I don't know who this guy was. I know nothing about him. But he has ties to Def Jam. And he has okay. a song called It's Yours, which is kind of like the first release for Def Jam. Like Rick, Rick Rubin produced it. And he used the Def Jam logo, but it wasn't technically on the Def Jam label at the time. So LL Cool J mm-hmm. still has like the first official Def Jam release, but this one used the logo and it was Rick Rubin produced. So no shit. people like in the underground say this is like the first one. And that song, It's Yours, which is not on this album, but that song, It's Yours, went on to be like heavily sampled in the rap community afterwards, a lot too from other Def Jam bands like Beastie Boys and Public Enemy and stuff. But okay, it's uh, it is this era of of hip hop. It is it is late eighties, you know, fun hip hop. I guess yeah, I don't don't, know. don't take yourself too seriously, kind of thing. And and the song the song that I chose isn't even like a song. It's 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 a beatboxing <laughs> by by Greg Nice, and so it's not. It's not even like a song. I just thought it was so damn funny, and I, I loved it's it. It's very silly. It's very silly. So should I just play it real quick? Yeah, play a little bit of it. Sure. All right. Here's a uh, three minutes of beatbox from Tila. Cool. It's not playing. Mira, Rory. Let's stop playing around, man.
There you go. A bit of three minutes of beatboxing from Tila Rock. It's so <laughs> stupid. <laughs> the, the rest of the album is is actual hip hop, kind of that. I don't know the the like that electro beat style. It's very heavy on that on that whatever that sound is. I don't know, dude. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. That eight percent's kicking in a little bit. A little Good. bit. That's what I like to hear. So, so yeah, that's that was Greg Nice doing the beatboxing. Or why so does that name sound so familiar? So I know who Greg Nice is because he he was in a group called Nice and Smooth, and okay. they were I I knew them because they were featured on a Big Daddy Kane song called Pimpin' Ain't Easy. <laughs> Remember Pimpin' Ain't Easy? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, they love Pimpin' Ain't Easy. It's a good it's a good song. But that's all I know. I've never actually listened to Nice and Smooth. They're an East Coast group. Just two guys, Greg Nice and then uh, Frankie Smooth. I don't know what the fuck his name is, but um, but yeah, Just Greg. Guessing. Actually, but I think Greg Nice wasn't there a guy in VH1 named Greg Nice too? I'm now I'm thinking. No, like, I don't think so. Chuck Nice. VH1. I don't. I don't know. No, I don't think so. Greg Chuck nice. nice. No. Yeah, it was Chuck Nice. I literally just googled it really quick. Oh yeah. <laughs> he, yeah, he was on on VH1. He was just like a color commentator whenever they would they would. I don't know. Before, um, wow, dude, this is hard. I'm spiking oh, so like, into I so love, many things. What are you talking about? Like, I love the 70s. I love the 80s. That, What's those that shows? show called now? TMZ. Before there was TMZ. Oh, and, and VH1 okay, okay. would do their stupid little like uh, interviews for celebrity gossip. Chuck Nice was one of the color commentators. Commenters. That was the thing on VH1. It wasn't like TMZ. They just it would just they would just talk about something and then I don't know. Like VH1 Best Week Ever wasn't that like a fucking? I don't remember. I do not remember that at all. You're an MTV. You were too cool. You're an MTV kid. I was. I, I was, was very MTV. I mean, I like VH1 a lot, but I was more MTV. Yeah. V, v, VH1. If you if you take out like MTV's cool TV shows, <laughs> like Celebrity Deathmatch, Beavis and Butthead, VH1 was better. Yeah. See the v, VH1. I only really liked Behind the Music, Pop Up Video, and oh, Pop-up that video was pretty was much so it. good. That was pretty much it. Because the I Love the 80s, the I Love the 70s, those things were on MTV, right? What about I Love New York? No, no, no. Do you remember the I Love the 70s? It would just be <laughs> yeah. a bunch of... Yeah, but was I that think, MTV or was v- that VH1? I'm pretty sure that's VH1. Okay, then I like that shit too. But so See, I like VH1. I'm, I'm not a hater on it. There you are. Here's some, here's, some cool inter- here's some cool interesting... Here's one cool and one interesting fact about, about Tila Rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, aside from the fact that he was ingrained in like Def Jam culture... And I didn't even know that. Um, but on the cover of this album, he's wearing a French Football Federation Adidas tracksuit. Is he really? And apparently, there was like a there was this this group. It was it was a French MC from this group. I can't remember what it was called. But back in like the in the early mid to late eighties, he won this tracksuit in a game of pickup basketball against some French rapper that was out here touring. And hmm. I guess it was very one-sided. And he like fucking smoked him at basketball, and he won his fucking suit. And then he put he wore it on the cover of his album. <laughs> that's such a good diss. <laughs> All right, so that's cool. <laughs> Fuck, who was a friend? As I'd say this other one, I'll look up the French people's names because I forgot. Um, okay. And then the other thing is, he was trying to break up a fight once in the mid '90s, outside of like a club or like a recording studio, and got and got like. He almost died. 
Like he got hit in the head and he had to do years of therapy and recovery to even like just start regaining motor skills and memory. Oh, fuck. Like he was in like a nursing home for years trying to recover from this. That's wild. That's so sad. It is. It's, it's Holy shit. Fucking crazy. It was, yeah, it was, it was, I, it was outside of his brother's apartment complex is, is, is what I just looked up real quick. But who the fuck was that, that French? I have no idea. Oh, so the group, the hip hop group is called I am. It's pronounced mm-hmm. I am. It's been spelled I A M. Okay. And, and the person that, that it was, well, I don't even know if I'm going to say his name. It's just a bunch of French names. I'm not even going to fucking pronounce that all. So you, you can look that up. I'm, I, I, would be, I would be curious to know if any of our over the, across the pond listeners have heard of this French hip hop group called I Am. Mm, yeah, because I've, ne- I've sure as hell has never heard of them. But I, I never have either. Big hip-hop men. But were they, but were they, they even popular or what? They, they've been around since 89 and they're still going strong today. They have a bunch oh, of albums okay. and they released one in 2019. Oh, okay. I mean... You have to have some levels of success, I guess. I just found out this going. other French... Fuck, man. I'm all over the place right now. I can't even... I just found out this other French rapper that I thought was really cool. But now I can't even I think of his name. His name. I only know his name because he has a song called Tiago Silva. Oh, after the player? <laughs> yeah. And... and <laughs> so dumb. It. All right, whatever. I'll, I'll move on. <laughs> Oh. That, that definitely went on on a bit of a tangent. His name's Dave. That's a, that's the rapper's <laughs> name. So fucking Dave. normal. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, fucking guy. Yeah. All right. He's so is that French. all you got for Tila Rock? He's English. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all I got. That's it. <laughs> You were, you were literally, you were, you were all over the place. This is so stupid. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I, it's been a shorter week, so I listened to a lot less than I would normally. So I got two, four, I got six, including my pick of the week. Uh, the first thing here, first things first, right? First As Imagine first. Dragons would say. Uh, Queens of the Stone Age. Picked this up from Glass House over this last week. It's the, their album Songs for the Death. Their third record came out in August 2002. Uh, this is uh, we we did this album on the pod like a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago, uh, and in the new format too. I'm pretty sure it was the new format, so you can still go listen to that. Uh, this is my second favorite album from them. I think it's dude, this album is so good, and listening to it on vinyl and it, it's just it it sounds so good. It just sounds sonically just awesome. And uh, Dave Grohl played all the drums on this record. It's just it's such a it's such an eclectic album. Just coming from every angle, I love I love this record so much. I think it's fantastic, and Jeff even liked it, which was surprising. So, uh, were you going to say something about this? No, I didn't. I didn't know you picked it up. Yeah, didn't I text you? I did text you. I I I did. No, I did. I I said, Mm -hmm. oh, this this is a great haul today, and you said, what did you get? And I oh, said, you never say anything. I, I know I did. I said Queen. I said, but I said Queen's songs for the deaf. So maybe that's why you didn't pick up on it. I don't think but you said I did anything. Put, I did. I know for a fact I did because I thought about putting Queens of the Stone Age, but then I got lazy and I didn't want to put of the Stone Age, so I put just Queens. Mm. And then I put like the three other records I got. So 
got that one. Uh, Rare Earth, got this one from you. Uh, their record, Get Ready, their second one from September 1969. This was good. I mean, I don't know how often I'll go back to it. So I'm not sure if I'm going to keep it or if I'm going to purge it. I'm I'm on the fence here with that. But it was that, still solid. There, What? That song is good. Get Ready? Like their 20-minute Oh, the 20 minutes. No, that was, that was the best part of the record was the second half because it was the 21 minute song but the first half it was the first half was kind of hit or miss but that second half was was awesome it was fan that it was great it was really great a lot of great instrumental just parts it was that part was fantastic so got that one uh listen to that uh maybe maybe i will just keep it because of that second half is so solid if you if you ever see the live album that they have it comes in like Mm -hmm. this like backpack like i don't know what you call it but it opens from the top and it's a Mm -hmm. two disc live one and i got mine for three dollars it's you can find it so cheap everywhere if you get that one you can replace the one you have because they do a better live more (laughs) psychedelic influenced version of get ready okay i'm interested i they're also one of those bands i see all the time any record store i go to i always see their records they're always super, super cheap. Yeah. So um, I was going to say, oh, and then I noticed too, I I don't like it also because this is one of those bands where there's only one original member and it's the singer and I think that's just... That was like their first kinda album. Lame. It's kind of lame. Well then. Having, this, having just only one original member nowadays and they're still playing. Oh yeah, nowadays, sure. Well, that, dude, it was like that, 1969 or 1970. But it's just it's like, why continue dead. on with this band name why continue on with the band name just grateful dead still what? going on tour yeah and it's silly well they got john mayer now so he's it, tearing yeah, up out there it, it's still silly Come you know luke walton has fucking grateful dead tattoos on his on, on his body does he oh on his arm huh i never knew like it, they're they're we know bears that, yeah it's luke walton on his arm he has bears does he have a social distortion one too i don't no. know if he has a social d one but his dad is a huge deadhead and Luke has Bill Walton, huh? Yeah. Fuck. Like bigger than Luke. And Luke has grateful dead bear logo tattoos on his arm to represent like his brothers and their love of basketball. And I, huh. I, I just looked at, I found that out this week that cause I, I mean, seeing pictures of my new, he has tattoos, but yeah. I never thought twice to look into his tattoos. And okay. There's a lot of deadheads out there. I feel like he has the social D skeleton. As well, or maybe somebody in basketball does. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. I really don't. I don't remember. But uh, so yeah. So I got that one. Uh, another one here is let's see here. The Beatles got this one from you. The Beatles and their album Beatles for Sale. Uh, it's their fourth record. Came out in 1964. Uh, this was a good one. This was this was them kind of having like a darker, a slightly darker tone. Like they sounded just kind of sad on this record. It was very almost like melancholy, but it wasn't like slow. Like it was still very pop based, but the way they were seen was very much, it was just, I don't know. It just sounded sad. And then reading more about it, they were just burnt, burn the fuck out. This is their fourth record in like four years on top of like worldwide touring and this is apparently when they when they wrote and released this record, it was at the height the the height of Beatlemania, so they were just the biggest fucking thing in the world, and they rec- they wrote this record, recorded and released it I think within like three months, 
<laughs> all and and before, so it's, from what I was reading, they they toured the U.S., came wrote the record, and then went out on a month long tour in the U.K., came back and recorded the record, and then went out on another tour. And while they were on that tour, this record came out. Jeez. Yeah. So like they were just just going, 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 and then apparently Paul McCartney was so burnt out that he just he couldn't write. Like he was just so out of it. So they ended up. There's like two or three covers on this record just because. Paul McCartney just didn't have it in him to just write more music because they were just stretched so thin over the last three years, three, four years. It's pretty wild. Like the amount of shit that this band did. I mean, you have the, you have the albums, you have the touring and then you have the movies on top of it. That is just like, you don't fucking stop. It, it is, it is a lot to do just in what from like six, the early sixties, early, not even early seventies, well, cause they, 70. They, well, they stopped. They stopped touring in '66, so they they only played one show after 1966, and so there was five, almost six years of them just grinding, literally just grinding for six years, and, and they before they just put, were like, so they stopped touring. They're still putting out almost two albums every year. It, exactly, and and so, I mean, some people might disagree, but the some of their best albums were the ones after they stopped touring, like Sgt. Pepper's Revolver. Those were after they were torn and then rubber soul was at the very, very tail end of it, of their, of their touring as a touring band. So it's, it's wild. Like when you really look at like how much, how, how hard these guys worked for what they did, it's pretty remarkable, pretty remarkable. And this is a solid record. I I thought this was a really good record. Definitely better than their first two. So Good, good, good. It's good stuff. So Beatles for sale, go check it out. Get it, go get it, Jeff. Uh, I had it. I didn't want it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that's true you did you did have it um okay so this next one i also got from you it's george harrison uh former beetle obviously and uh it's his record dark horse it's his fifth solo record came out december 1974 this was uh people just didn't like it and i totally understand why <laughs> it's it's definitely not the greatest or very great at all and well, just reading sucks. like yeah, and then reading, I was reading like the backstory behind it all, and he was um, just his wife started, you know, started a relationship with like his guitar player, and then just like there was all this like crazy like intermarital just stuff going on, and then he was like heavy, he was he got really into heavy drinking and drugs again, and all the while he was still trying to be spiritual, and then. I, I guess there was a tour. I guess on this tour, it was a huge disaster because George Harrison, it was the first time any Beatle had like really, or George Harrison had really gone out and toured post Beatles. So everybody wanted him to play Beatles songs or play Beatles type music. <laughs> and he was just, he didn't want to do it. So he had, so Ravi Shankar was his opening act and Ravi Shankar pretty much played like at least half the show because Harrison just wasn't into it. It was just like a bad, bad time for him. And it, it shows on this record because there's nothing. I almost didn't finish it. Dang. Yeah, it just it it just doesn't go anywhere. There's nothing. There's just nothing there. Really, there's nothing. Not a lot there. I was. I don't know. Actually, <laughs> it's just disappointing. I, I, I just bought another lot the other day. Just like yeah. not not that expensive stuff, but George Harrison. Another George Harrison album is in there. Living in the Material World okay. is in there. See, I'm I'm wary. I'm wary. That's, I know all all things must pass is like all things must pass is his like greatest, but 
I don't know. This one was rough. I'm I'm Definitely. I'm curious. I'm, I'll probably listen to to the, the one that I have here because that one came out in between the Bangladesh concert and then Dark Horse. Okay, yeah. So that'll be interesting. It might be better. I mean, it might be better. Can't yeah, this be one worse. was just. Yeah, this one was just so disappointing. I, I don't know. Just knowing where he came from and what he what he could do, you know, and and then I was reading like he, one of his, not his wife. Maybe it was his wife started dating Eric Clapton at this time too. Ah. And kind of shady considering Clapton was on the Bangladesh thing a couple of years prior. Like oh. there was a lot of weird infidelity going on. You can't you can't fight love, right? Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Or you can't fight heroin. Oh. But um so the next thing I have here, we got two things left, both jazz. Uh, I got Stan Getz. I, uh, this ended up being a comp. Uh, it's called the Melodic Stan Getz. It's a comp from 1965. It's good. It was still in a shrink. So it was cool. It doesn't go for anything, even though it was still shrink in its original shrink. But it was good. I have no, nothing bad to say about it. I don't know much about it because there's like nothing written about it. And like most jazz artists of the time, there's not a ton written about him, even though he was one of the biggest. So, when you, or like when you when you when you buy an album that still has a shrink around it, do you if there's no stickers, nothing on, do you take the shrink off? Uh, in this instance, I did because I tried to be delicate with it, but because the shrink was so old, it started to just crumble. <laughs> so I just I just like fuck it, and I just took it off. I always take. So I tried to know. If there's no stickers or anything nostalgic whatsoever on like a shrink, I just take it off. Most of the time I do that too. Only because it does start to break. And then when you put it in an outer sleeve to like double it up, it it just ends up like getting really annoying. So I usually end up just ripping it off. And then any stickers I put on the outer, the outer sleeve, the outer plastic sleeve. Yeah. So, so I got that. And then the last thing here, I got this from White Rabbit. Uh, this is one of the ones that I gasped at. This, <laughs> it was the same day I got that golden record. And uh, this because I don't see this guy, and it's Johnny Smith. I don't see him very often in the wild. Uh, he's, he's just this amazing guitar player from the 50s and 60s, jazz guitar player. And then he, his, wife, his wife and daughter died in childbirth in the late 60s. And he had one daughter who was, who was older, obviously, and so when his wife and newborn daughter died, he was like, I, he couldn't do it. And he wanted to just focus on raising his daughter and getting out of New York. So he, that's what he did. He moved to Colorado Springs and just pretty much got out of the music business until he died. He, I guess he owned like a record or like a music store in, in Colorado Springs. And he did like some like local shows at bars and stuff just for fun and then he did one tour only one tour between the death of his wife and his own death in 2011 and it was to go on tour with uh bing crosby in 1977 and that was it that was the only time he ever he ever toured after his wife's death so yeah and he i think his just guitar playing is just so smooth and just it sounds so good and fucking clean like it's it's, just, it's one of the cleanest tones i've ever heard in my life it's almost like robotic it's it's like <laughs> fake it doesn't <laughs> it it is it's like it, unreal. It just, and then reading how he how he learned the guitar so he was like 12 years old when he 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 was got interested in it and he went to a local music store and started playing on their guitars 
and he said well he he couldn't afford a guitar so he would just play and then he offered the store owner like i'll teach lessons if you just let me play guitar because he so he taught himself how to play guitar and then he was giving lessons when he was like 14 <laughs> like 14 or 15 years old giving lessons self-taught and then eventually one of his students when he was fucking 15 one of his students was buying a new guitar and gave johnny smith his his, his own guitar finally and that's when he finally got his new guitar or his own guitar and then apparently he he joined like some bluegrass band when he was 17 dropped out of high school to like play a bunch of shows with them and then he got into jazz music because he was pretty much just playing country and then like at 17 18 he got into really into jazz and just that's when his career blew up was when he got into jazz and rightfully so i i mean i was i'm just blown away every time i hear his playing i'm just so impressed so here's a here's a little bit of the song tickle toe from johnny smith from his album the johnny smith foursome There it is, Tickle Toe from Johnny Smith, the amazing <laughs> Johnny Smith. So what do you think? I mean, what do you think about it? I know you've, you've really dug his guitar playing. Would you ever like buy more of his stuff or would you ever buy his stuff? Yeah. I mean, I, I know him because he wrote Walk, Don't Run by The Ventures. Like the, Oh, was, did he really? Yeah. When I was first getting into surf rock and, and I thought like The Ventures were like, you know, the band, the surf rock band and their biggest hit, Walk, Don't Run was kind of ironically not even their own song. I thought that was kind of funny. But yeah, he he wrote Walk Don't Run. I think that was him. And Maybe. and um I don't know, like he's the way he plays guitar is is like it's fake. It's it is <laughs> it's like a piano. When 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 piano keys aren't being held down, there's no like resonance. There's no there's no bleed. Mm-hmm. And that's the way he plays the guitar. It's it's crisp and it's it's something that a lot of guys will do nowadays, and you could walk in a guitar center and hear it numerous times, and guys will noodle all the time. But when you're doing it in like the 30s and the 40s, that's oh yeah, that's, like that's, that's stupid. It's it just doesn't make any sense. And like now, it's just commonplace. But to think where it started, and it's like almost a hundred years ago, he was doing it with no effects, 
and just doing it. Well, he was it. in the 50s. It's not, it's not almost 100 years ago. Come on. Well, he started playing guitar in like the 30s. He's like old, dude. He's 40s, yeah, maybe 30s, 40s, yeah. He was born in like the 10s or some shit. <laughs> like he's not old. that old. Jesus Christ. He, when was he born? Like the, he, was probably, he was probably born like 1915, 1920. <laughs> Wait, let, let's see now. Hold on. Let's see. Johnny Smith. Guitarist. He said he started playing guitar at 14. So if he's born, let's say 1915 or 1920, that means. He was born in 1922 and he died in 2013. Oh, he's a nine, let's say 1922 <laughs> plus 14. So he started playing guitar in 1936 <laughs> when he was 14. No, he started playing when he was 12. When he was 12 oh, so, so okay, 1934. 1934. 1934, yeah. he started playing. That's almost 100 <laughs> years ago. Yeah, it's pretty wild, right? And, and Pretty fucking wild. Like, we've come so far in so much training. And like I said, you can hear guys play like this today. And it's easy because if you just sit yourself in front of YouTube or listen to a lot of music, you can do this. And it's not like a difficult thing, but to think like a hundred years ago, he was doing it. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred years. There may, there may as well be fucking dinosaurs walking around. I, that's so long ago. <laughs> it is incredible. Yeah. It's pretty fucking wild. Pretty fucking wild. I mean, who even plays guitar like a hundred years ago? They, that's like jazz was <laughs> the big thing. People playing, picking up pianos and trumpets and saxophones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't know, man. It's, it's, he's unreal. It's so, his playing is so crisp. It is so perfect. And well, you you are right. He did. Um, he did. He did write "Walk Walk Don't Run" by the Ventures, right? Well, he wrote. That's his original comp. It's his original composition. Okay. So it was it was originally written and recorded by Johnny Smith in '54, and then Chet Atkins played it or yes. re-recorded it in '56. Yeah. And then that's it says that yeah, the Ventures in 1960. That's so. what like really spurred it was. Because I got into Chet Atkins too early on, because his stuff is really cheap. Also, oh, his stuff is great, and it's great. And and hearing "Walk Don't Run" from him, I was like, "Oh shit!" Like I didn't know the Ventures didn't write this. I, I didn't know Chet Atkins wrote this. Mm-hmm. And then reading, it's like he didn't even write it either. <laughs> so I was like, "What the fuck <laughs> is crazy. going on?" It just got better and better and better with with that song and the guitar playing. It's so good. So it's good. Damn, it's good Johnny stuff. Smith is so good. Just an amazing, amazing guitar player. Yeah, I mean, he's no Bradley Noel, but he's definitely really, really good. <laughs> You're such an idiot. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Okay, so that's all I got. Uh, sh- let's move on <laughs> to some new music, because that's all we really have is a few new songs. Do you want to play any of these? Nah. Yeah, I don't need them. good. So uh, so no new albums, but some new songs. Uh, Between the Bear and Me, they put out a new song called Fix the Air. Uh, their new record's coming out in August, I think. And uh, we missed out on the vinyl pre-orders, well, we got so the that Amazon fucking backup, sucks. Hopefully, yeah, but I don't, I don't, I'm not hold, holding my breath on that one. So yeah. we'll see how that goes. Hopefully, we get it from there. So it's a good song, though. Dude, the song was so fucking good. It is very much in the vein of Colors. It is fucking weird. Yeah. It goes, it's like over five minutes long, and it it ventures it's off the into genre places jumping. that you don't even realize that it's that it's in until it's already there. Yep, it's it's the weird, it's the crazy genre jumping, it's the crazy time signatures, it's the tempo changes at points. Dude, this is everything Colors was. Yeah, everything Colors was. I'm very excited for the record that we're not going to get. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so pissed, so pissed, dude! That shit, all that stuff sold out within 15 minutes, 20 minutes, maybe less than that because we're on there. Well, we got it. We got on a little bit late. Because we forgot. It was like seven minutes. Because I was in. Was it? No, okay. it was like seven minutes. That stuff sold out in five minutes. We, 
Exactly. Yeah, so that was rough. That was rough. Uh, keeping it with the hardcore scene, uh, 18 Visions, local here to Orange County, they put out a cover, an Allison Chains cover of Them Bones. I just, it was it was good. It was a cool rendition, but I'm not a fan of Allison Chains, so I never, never got into them. What do you think of this one? I I don't know. I didn't really care about it. I didn't, didn't think it was. Care. I didn't think it was good. I didn't think it was bad. It's just I yeah. didn't care. You're not much of an 18 Visionsman, but it's okay. No, no, never, never did. I tried. We we've talked about them a lot. Friend yeah. Pod Justin likes them. You like them. Yeah. I don't know. Yep, yep, yep. So the last thing we have here, you added this. This is 303. They're back. They're back, with a baby. New song called Vamp- Vampire's Diet. This has Burt McCracken, the singer from boy. the East. This song was, it was stupid. I mean, it was just <laughs> stupid. <laughs> it was so of that specific time period in music that you just can't, like, <laughs> looking back on it, that, that genre of music is just so stupid. It's like good. almost to the point where it's bad. Like I don't know. I just I was never really into three oh three. It's just stupid. But well, it, you liked it, obviously. You know what? It's fine. Because three oh three is fun. They make fun <laughs> like synth pop crunk music, like crunk tronic. Is there even is that even a genre crunk tronic like electronic crunk we can music? Make, we can make that because it's not crunk core. Right. It's but it's, it's they're, they're, they're kinda of, they're kinda of crunk. Like they're that's what they do. They they they're goofy, but they're still based in like in actual instruments. One of the guys plays drums. One of the guys knows how to play guitar. So they do. Their music is based in like reality. It's not just a complete joke. But they for yeah. sure don't take themselves seriously. <laughs> yeah, they definitely don't. Definitely, and, uh, don't. they're fun and like it's, it's good stuff. And to be fair, they never went away. They released an album like four or five years ago. So. What are you serious? Yeah. Oi. They're just so specific to that genre that I don't think we'll ever come back. It's I mean, like disco. Disco will never come back. They're, genre, they're, the genre will never come back. That's true. I mean, nobody really liked disco when it was out. So Yeah. Mm, but Most people didn't really like this genre. They, they thought they did. Everybody liked this. <laughs> they thought they did. They thought they did. It's fun. Okay, it's fun. It's fun. <laughs> All right, you got anything else, or are we all good? What do you think? No, that's 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 uh, that's it. That's all you got. Okay. That's all we got. So uh, go to Apple Podcasts, go rate, review, subscribe to us on there, follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. Thank you for listening. Get into the main episode because we are going to be getting into the Cake Record Comfort Eagle. We're also going to rank all the records. So get into that. Keep listening and reach out to us. And that's it. That's all. That's all. Right. Good